Yeah, Daddy hates Welchers. The only thing he hates worse is witnesses. And guys who mess around with his daughters. And attempt to duplicate his meatball recipe. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the Comedy Central reboot of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about season six, episode 14, The Silence of the Clamps. Oh, uh, I think I misinterpreted what we were doing. Uh oh. Uh, I deleted my Silence of the Clamps notes and watched Newtopia. Oh no! I deleted my Newtopia notes and watched Silence of the Clamps. It's it's the podcast of the Magi. Oh no! I guess we. I guess Mike fudged up this. No, I actually. I I. So here here's my. I'm just gonna cut the joke short. I think I got what I needed to get uh-huh. out. No, you you, you took going, that joke about as far as you could. Yeah. Uh, so here I'm gonna do the behind the joke on that one. MTV's so, behind the joke. So my preparation for this episode, although is usually pretty pretty uh, in depth, um, is I watched the episode last week and we did the bin fudged up episode that people seem to really love, which is kind of surprising to me. But that's a lot okay. of people really loved that episode. I mean, if that's what y'all want, we could, if you <laughs> if that's what you want. Um, ben fudged said, up the weekly podcast. We got to do something after this podcast <laughs> is over. It's true. We might actually do that. Uh, that is the best idea I think we've had so far. <laughs> um, but so the rest of the the week um, from the recording and ending the recording of Ben fudged up, I have been hard at work in the lab building that that opening joke. So uh, so that was a week worth of work for me. I was working in a lab <laughs> late one night. Ben fudged up. <laughs> Ben fudged up. The future I'm a mesh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I can't. Wow, the energy on this one's going to be buck wild. It's going to be something else. <clears throat> That's that was my my opening bit for this week. So, okay, a much shorter opening bit than usual are we gonna actually actually go directly into the podcast or are we just i could talk about the monster mash some more <laughs> i um, mean that's what i think people like about this podcast now the monster mash okay the song i hear it was a graveyard smash uh yes the yelp reviews do say that it was in fact a graveyard smash now but my question is right so the monster mash it sort of implies that it's some sort of like dance uh-huh. like um or like a party sure. um counterpoint okay sex Rebu- retort absolutely okay great i think i'm on the same page with you <laughs> on this theory okay i think i think every song that has existed is about sex most most of them some are not okay um, like i don't i don't think uh most of Weird Al's songs are about sex. I could be wrong on this. Whoa. So, okay. Laura in the chat room, because this is our live episode, uh, says it, that the Monster Mash was banned from being played on the space station for being too racy. 
in what year? Holy crap. When did the space station go up? It can't be that. It's got to be somewhat recent, right? I imagine so. I mean, now I've got so many questions. But when was the monster mash? Why was it such a graveyard smash? But it does point to my theory. Sex. <laughs> I mean, he's already starting <laughs> late one night. Like it's clearly, true. like fact it, one, he's in a lab late one night, and clearly, you only do one thing in labs late at night. You're not Sex. there doing science. Science happens during the day. Exactly. Sex happens at night. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, we've managed to extend this opening bit into talking about how the Monster Mash is actually about sex. I would like to remind you this is being recorded January 29th, 2019. Not anywhere close to Halloween. <laughs> we don't need that Halloween energy. To, to talk about the Monster Mash, it is an evergreen topic to me. I think about it often. Because it was such a graveyard smash. It's canonically a graveyard smash. I'm not in the song. In the, in the reboot, I heard they went against canon and it was not a graveyard smash. I don't respect <laughs> it. I don't agree with it. I don't think it ever happened. The Monster Mash I, was the last thing that needed a dark and gritty reboot. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of... I mean, it's... it's it's <laughs> All these <laughs> monsters dancing and singing. I don't need dark and gritty. Sometimes it just you just need a goofy... You need a goofy Frankenstein's monster dancing around. Oh, Laura says it's uh, it was banned from the BBC. Um, that changes things. I mean, it makes more sense because I'm like... I mean, look, I'm not going to judge what astronauts are doing up there in space. Maybe they're just like, you know what I miss oh, about Earth? I think I have the a theory. monster mash. <laughs> not sex, because... Uh-huh. I have a theory, though. Yes. Okay. It. You, you know how uh, Netflix and chill is a, you know, one of those, like, wink, wink, Netflix and chill, and then they you go upstairs and have sex? I'm thinking monster mash is the same on the space station. Okay. That is my theory. Also, I, it took me way too long to realize Netflix and chill wasn't just going to someone's uh-huh. house and chilling while watching Netflix, because that sounds like a great date. It does actually sound like it a great like date. It sounds like an amazing date. It sounds like a lot of the dates with I have with my wife. Right? So, like, it sounds pretty great. So, I'm, I'm totally into Netflix and chill. As an aside, um, <laughs> my girlfriend and I... Okay. When we're like, when we're talking about having a lazy night in where we're actually chilling on a couch watching Netflix, you know what we call it? Hulu and Bone. So anyways, let's get into the podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay. I love, I adore that. Because um, Netflix and chill has nothing to do with what you're actually doing. Hulu and Bone has nothing to do with your, what you're actually doing. Because exactly. you're definitely not watching Hulu. I mean, they screwed up all the episodes of Futurama Order and caused me to have an episode called Ben Fudged Up. Exactly. So let's get to the it's Silence Hulu's of the fault. Clamps, which we're already a week behind on. It starts out at... <laughs> It starts I out. I keep forgetting we're a week behind. It starts out at Planet Express, and the professor walks in, and he's like, "Who likes good news? Everyone? Well, then, good news, everyone." I do love how they keep that fresh. <laughs> kind of like the the situ- same situation I have when when we're Netflix and chilling, or apparently Hulu and boning. So the good news is that they've got a package that they don't even need to leave Earth to go to. It's certainly not to a dangerous alien planet. 
which Fry points out, Earth's pretty dangerous, which I have to agree. I've lived there. The reasoning why he says it's pretty dangerous is because he fell off his chair there once and then immediately falls off his chair. I have similarly fallen off of chairs. Oh, me too. I I, I think sometimes when you tip back too much, you're, you're tempting fate. Um, I like to live dangerous. Yeah, it's comfortable and it's dangerous and there's there's a thrill of that. But then you land on your back and it sucks. They don't even need to leave New New York. In fact, it's just over on Long Long Island. (laughs) That's such a great dumb joke. Long Long Island sounds like a level. No, I was going to say it sounds like a level in a Donkey Kong Country game. Okay, yeah. It, so does Gullah Gullah Island, to be honest. It all feels like mashed together. <laughs> so, so we're just going to go ahead and check, uh, check off that bingo box of 90s reference. And Donkey Kong Country <laughs> reference. Should we make bingo Kong Pokemon? <laughs> Jeremy, stop it! <laughs> God, this is a weird energy. So yes, they're going to Long Long Island. The package is going to the Donbot. And Bender is very curious about what the Donbot may have ordered. He uses his special robot vision, um, which is him just basically extending his eyes and breaking through the package to see that it's a pair of clamps that get clamped to his eyes. That's what clamps do. They sure do. There's a reason I don't stick my eyes in a box of clamps. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of reasons, I think. Yeah, we we see that um, over at the Donbot's estate, the Donbot's daughter is having her wedding and clamps is there and his old clamps have rusted oh, and very just, rusty they look pretty bad they're rusted and like chipped in places yeah, it, and it looks uncomfortable frankly like he's just like God, these clamps those clamps have definitely seen better days they've also seen some stuff uh-huh i think he he calls um i don't remember what he calls all the gunk on it but like i something about i watched this a week ago i have no idea <laughs> I'm going fully on notes. Something He calls it something about like, um, basically he insinuates it's blood and guts from people who squealed. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I, th- I think more and more in this episode will lend credence to that. Also, the Donbot's a big deal because the freaking Space Pope is officiating this wedding. He is the lead of the robot mafia. He, he a lot of people owe debts to the Donbot. Including the Space Pope? Including me, let alone the Space Whoa, Pope. Whoa, okay. Okay, yeah. back up. What do you owe the Donbot for? So, you, you know, when you buy a house, sometimes you gotta take out a loan. Okay. I wasn't really looking at, you know, who was giving me the loan, because I was like, this is such a great rate, I can't say no to this. But it was an adjustable rate. I didn't think of that. You want to get a fixed low rate, not an adjustable rate, because they can they just clamp that up. <laughs> and they have. And I'm scared, mm-hmm. frankly. Uh, but thanks to the, our, our our listeners, I, I, I'm going to get through this. Um, they just have to lend me some more money so I can pay them back. Okay. So the, the Donbot... I'm confused. The Donbot gave you that loan? Yes. Or, okay. Through, through su- some subsidiaries, but I Through have, one of his legitimate businesses. Yes. I have definitely gone through the phone tree and accidentally gotten to d- the Donbot, which was, I'm going to say terrifying. Okay. Um, I just owe the Donbot because we went out for drinks and he was like, yo, I'll get this round. And I still haven't paid him back for that. 
Yeah, I feel like that's doable, though. And mine is less so. That interest, though, that really ratchets up. Yeah, it sure I does. I own a distillery now. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> that's true. He hasn't, for some reason, he hasn't ratcheted up mine that much. I just owe him enough for two houses. The crew shows up and they are delivering a package for one Francis X. Clampasto. Clampasto. Francis? Francis. Francis? Francis. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know. The, it, Joey Masped makes fun of Francis for the name Francis, which seems like a weird j- making uh, fun of for Francis is a normal name. There are two of them in my family. The Francis is a great name, I think, personally. I always think of Francis from Malcolm in the Middle. Yes. Mm-hmm. It took me a moment because I had to like go through the, the <laughs> go through the kids. Mm-hmm. He's the first one. He's the top one. Well, no, he's not the top one. There's a there's a brother out there in the world. No, that's that's Francis. That's Francis. Francis. Francis I thought is Francis the, was the oldest one that was living in the house. No, Francis was okay. the is the top one who who at the beginning of the series uh, is in military school, and okay. later on goes and works at a. Uh, uh, an oil refinery yeah. or something in Alaska, and then later a uh, dude ranch somewhere. Yes, sure. That's Francis. He's always shown calling the family. Yes. Yeah. That's Francis. And then the second oldest one is Reese. Reese. Okay. Yeah, you're and right. Then Malcolm, Reese, and then Malcolm. And then Dewey. Dewey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just, I think I mix up Reese and Francis because it's been probably a decade. <laughs> when did that show, when, when was that show? um late 90s late it was late 90s i just remember watching the uh first episode and then immediately afterwards running to the computer and logging into a they might be giants chat room to be like oh yeah omg they did music they had music for it and everybody being like yeah guy they're doing the music for that show (laughs) i i do i do love how the internet used to be where you would show up with excitement and people would be like Oh, I sorry. Did I say how the internet used to be? I mean, <laughs> currently is. And it's like, yeah, duh. Come on, dude. Get with it. If you were a real They Might Be Giants yeah. fan, you would have known four weeks ago. How how am I going to show my superiority as a fan if I do not guard this gate? This gate is important to me. Speaking of gates, the Planet Ooh. Express crew is at the gate. I saw that segue, and it's good. They sign, uh, they hand over the package. Meanwhile, Bender is looking through that gate, and he's like, oh man, this party is super awesome. The robot devil's there, Calculon is there, an open bar is there. He's got to get in. He's got to. I, I think this is one of those situations that if you let it go, it just will never happen again. Just like when I ran a- after Travis McElroy to give him the any album you like bu- business card. Uh-huh, it's true. And I'm going to keep continue referencing it because I'm still kind of amazed that I, I mean, did it. It was pretty amazing. But yes, you only get one. Uh, Alexander Hamilton famously said. Famous, famous quote. Do not throw away your shot. Mm-hmm. And this is Bender's shot. He wrote a whole song about it. A whole song. And Bender... Really Alexander Hamilton was multi-talented. He mm. knew a lot about finances. He wrote songs and stuff. He, Bender, uh, really takes that Alexander Hamilton message to heart. Mm-hmm. And, and um, really the spirit of it, too. Re- uh-huh. And so he sneaks in. Even though Leela tells him he, should, he shouldn't, Bender reminds her... He is a master of disguise. 
And his disguise is literally just a tracksuit with his antenna slicked back. Which and him, him going around like saying vaguely Italianish sort of names. Ish. Uh-huh. <laughs> to be fair, it's kind of convincing given what's going on around him. It's not the worst disguise, no. I've seen worse. I've seen the movie Master of Disguise with Dana Carvey. <laughs> Dana Carvey. That was a bad Master of Disguise. I've never seen it. I'm fine continuing to not see it. <laughs> Correct. You win. That I remember dragging my dad to that movie and he's like, no, this is bad. <laughs> and he stopped going to movies with me. I mean, fair. I did also make him see Kung Pao Enter the Fist, which he did not like. Oh, but I love Kung Pao oh, no. Enter the Fist. Don't get me wrong. That is a fantastic movie. Probably doesn't hold up, but very good. When I saw it, we showed up to the theater late, and so we missed the whole part about how it was him splicing himself into a movie. Okay. And so we didn't know. Like, oh, they did a good man. enough job that we're just like, oh, yeah, like, they make it look old, like an old Kung yeah, Fu yeah. movie, and sometimes they do it better than others. <laughs> and really, it's just half of that movie is him being spliced into it. And um, and, and, and everybody else being, like, overdubbed. Uh-huh. Oh, man, that's ter- tremendous. The number of years of my life <laughs> I have spent going... <laughs> exactly, right? Like, that is the, like, almost iconic thing out of that movie. Chosen one! <laughs> oh. Uh. So, in hindsight, I made my dad go to a lot of movies. I also made my mom go to uh, Me, Myself, and Irene. I didn't have great choices. Clearly, you did not. Uh, so Bender goes to the wedding, and he is immediately attracted to the bride of all people. Yes. I wrote in my notes that he gets sprung because his antenna literally mm-hmm. springs up, and it's that song about Big Butts reference. Be- <laughs> he walked into the place and he felt sprung. And so he tries to flirt with the the bride. He calls it a tacky soiree. And she's like, this is my wedding. Like, I'm the bride. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he moves on to the next available fembot. In, lo- in basically a line. Like, it's, you, it's can, like you, can see, you can see her backside on the, on the right side of the frame, yeah. even. And <laughs> he just very... kind of slides over. And he's like, hey, baby. And she's like, Bender, it's Fanny. Uh, the Donbot's like, wife. Who? <laughs> who? We had an affair. I believe Bender says that is kind of something I would do. Mm-hmm. Also, something Alexander Hamilton would do. That's true. See that Alexander Hamilton spirit running through Bender. But I've always said, and so very similar characters. I say, and by characters I mean real things. People. Ben- Bender's like I've got to make it. I got to be more careful because he's literally having this conversation in front of the Donbot. So he's like, I got to be more more careful (laughs) and make sure I don't hit on somebody that I've already had sex with. And at that point, a robot walks in with ringing bells. Uh Her name is Bella. And her like lower, the lower section of her body is literally shaped like a bell. It's a giant bell. It's literally a giant bell. It, It rings everywhere she goes. And so he immediately flirts with her. Bender says he wants to ring that. I kind of liked that that wordplay. Mm-hmm. No, I'm into that. And ring it, he does, because they go he off sure into a, a stable where you hear that ringing quite audibly. A lot, a lot of bell sounds. Also, it seems to be a seahorse stable. 
I didn't catch that. Yeah, because That's... there are there are a bunch of seahorses in like these water tanks. Um, the oh, sign the sign for the oats calls it sea oats, <laughs> and uh, there's a sign that's something like "Do not return seahorses dry" or something like that. I mean, that's good. Those are all good things. All good advice. If you've got a seahorse stable, then yes. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, they're Which doing. We all do, don't we? They're doing the nasty, very audibly because of that whole ringing thing Bella's got going on. Uh, Bella's like, this is just going too slow. Let's get married. I don't remember what Bender says to that. Bender says, quiet, I'm making out with a floozy. Oh, yes. A very Bender thing to say. A very Bender thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) This, oh, man. So it's at this point that the uh, Donbot, Joey Mousepad, and Clamps all drag Calculon into Mm -hmm. the stable and um calculon seems to owe them something mm-hmm. although we don't find out for what um well I, I he does say i'll pay just as soon as the donbot loans him more me more money and so uh instead clamps puts on his brand new clamps mm-hmm. papa's got a brand new clamps i just came up with i was like oh yeah i you sure I did, did that i, I did that. that with so much speed <laughs> that i bet you thought i had planned that but instead uh, you certainly you certainly just kind of went directly into it and i'm just stuck sitting here like staring and being like did that was that what happened what what bender witnesses calculon just get torn apart by clamps Mm -hmm. you we don't actually see it we only see the like silhouette but it looks pretty violent Mm -hmm. but it's less violent because uh, it's a shadow bella says that daddy hates welchers and the only thing he hates more is witnesses. That and people who are... Guys who mess around with his daughters and those who t- <laughs> attempt to duplicate his meatball recipe. All of which Bender is doing at the same time. I love the meatball recipe part because Bender takes a solid beat. She says that he hates witnesses and Bender's like, oh no. And guys who screw around with his daughters. And he's like, oh no. And then she's like, and gu- and people who try to copy his meatball recipe. And he takes a beat. He like turns around. And then he opens his compartment and pulls out this boiling saucepan yeah, of sizzling it's of fantastic. meatballs, uh, which really made me want like a meatball sub, oh, by yeah. the way. Oh, yeah. And he's got this this pan of sizzling meatballs. And he he like shouts no or whatever. <laughs> but I just I love that joke about the meatballs because it's it's uh so very good it's it's very well crafted i agree and made me want meatballs this is why i can't watch the food network by the way because i just stare at the food i'm like i want that i want that i want that i'll take eight thank you here's my secret on why i really like food network that that specifically (laughs) i do like making myself hungry and sad hungry because that food looked good and sad because can't get that food i mean i saw animated meatballs and i've been craving meatballs for the last 90 minutes the food network's too much for me man (laughs) if you're if you're gonna you gotta like ease yourself into the food network i just i'm just gonna it's like here's 15 minutes of uh rachel ray i'm just gonna continue not watching the food network here's 20 minutes of alton brown maybe we can go 30 minutes for guy i don't know maybe who knows maybe a little bit too spicy who knows I mean, but not spicy in the way that you actually like. 
spicy in the guy way. I mean, he's canonically the mayor of Flavortown. Exactly. He is also the sorcerer. Back at Planet Express, (laughs) the crew is like, how was the wedding? And Bender's like, I don't want to talk about it. I didn't witness anything. Yeah, that's the best. The first thing you say when you've witnessed something. And so then the they see on the news that Calculon uh, was mysteriously clamped by an unknown suspect. I do love the fact that they know what happened, but not who did it. The ongoing denial of clamping in the Futurama universe is intriguing to me. It is. Because there is one character in the known universe who clamps (laughs) things. I mean, that's true, but there could be other clamp bots. I suppose. Do you Um, think clamp bots are particularly common? What are their jobs other than clamping things? How often do you need things clamped? You know what? I only have one thing to say in response. Clamp, clamp, kabamp. I honestly don't know how often. I don't think I need to clamp things very often. Although, sometimes a nice vice grip keeps things in place Mm -hmm. when you're doing some sawings. But then we, you have you have to have a clamp bot and a saw bot. That's a lot of bots. If you need a bot to clamp things for you, please tweet at Back to Futurama. We want to hear about your clamping needs. I f- that that one felt <laughs> well. That one feels weird. <laughs> but that also felt like you know how sometimes NPR will put out like a call for like are are you affected by this topical event? Contact us and we'll we'll put your story on air. Ooh, that's a great idea. Okay, no, it isn't. Send what us, is happening? Send us. Uh, email us at back to Futurama. No, email us. Email <laughs> us. Shut up. Shut up. Email us. Yeah, that's how email works, right? At back to email. Futurama. Just back to Futurama. It'll get to us. Don't worry about it. Email us back to the Futurama podcast at gmail.com. A uh, quick soundbite of the things you need clamped in your life, and we will put you on an episode. <laughs> ben, we have listeners that will do this. Which is why I'm saying to do it. You act like I don't want this to happen when I very much want this to happen, Mike. <laughs> so yeah, send us that. Oh, man. I'll put it on air because I'm a weirdo. And I want to know what things you need clamped. Just just be thinking on that. Um, and whenever, whenever it really... I mean, considering we're opening our airwaves to you, if you want to plug anything, might as well do it too. Who knows? It might might make it. Only plug it if you need it clamped. Oh, I see. <laughs> Don't tell us to listen to your podcast unless someone needs to clamp your podcast. That is a theoretical idea I can't even fathom. I feel like I need my brain clamped to fathom that concept. Like, subscribe, and clamp to Back to the Future Futurama. <laughs> I do love the idea that we're using it so clearly as a verb for concepts. Anyways, so Bender sees this and he kind of freaks out. And so he tells everyone that he actually saw what happened. He knows who did it. It was the robot mafia. Mm -hmm. But he's never going to tell anybody ever because he's scared. He does mention that he reveals that he saw it while having hot sex with the Donbot's daughter. Of course. You don't leave out that detail. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lila's like, you should go to the police to tell them a tastefully edited version of what you just said. Oh, heartily disagree. <laughs> Leave in all the nasty details. Well, you you know how detectives are. They need to know. Oh, they need to know it all. And so Bender's like, no, I'm not going to do it. 
Um, I I'm, feel like I'm using my voice for for evil right now. He he's like, uh, I'm scared and great and sad, and so he's not going to do it because he's those three things. And then the uh, FBI uh, detective mm-hmm. is like, the bureau offers a fifty dollar reward for anyone with info and then smash cut to the fbi offices uh he reveals that he what he knows and that he ate some magnificent meatballs so those meatballs they worked out i mean it's not helping my meatball lust right now no i know but i i have a a duty to the audience to to deliver the meatball news as i see it as i find it Mm mm-hmm the detective is like, I enjoyed your story, especially the tasteful love scene. So it, I, I wonder if he, he really did edit it or if he didn't. It depends on the, de- the detective's entire definition of tasteful. Exactly. Because what his definition of tasteful might not be uh, Leela's definition of tasteful. It's true. That detective might be into some nasty stuff. Some people might think this, this episode is not tasteful. They would probably be right. Then I hope they like some nasty stuff. We've already talked about how the monster mashes sex, so don't give me that look. (laughs) I was laughing. The problem is that Bender will have to testify in open court because Bender's witness, uh, uh, Bender's statement alone is not enough to convict. So this this terrifies Bender um, and he he asks for an additional $50, which is denied. And he shouts, no. <laughs> he seems more upset about the, the lack of the second $50. So they go to court. And um, there's some pun on Battery Park court that I didn't, didn't pause catch. to look at. Um, everything's all electrified, though. But it's robot court. Sure. The cases in robot court are 100% real. But about robots. But only about robots. Um, in court, <laughs> I feel like this one, this episode has it like almost a record for the amount of times we're laughing at her own jokes. Mm-hmm. Do people come to the podcast for this? I'm assuming so. They really liked Ben fudged up. So. They did. Ooh, okay. Fair enough. Um, so back, back to it in court, uh, judge 723 starts his opening remark. I will not tolerate any form of intimidation. And then he's immediately shot in the forehead. Mm-hmm. And then Judge 724 comes out and he's like, I am prepared to uh, tolerate any sort of corruption uh, whatsoever in this court. There you go. Um, the prosecution, the hyper chicken lawyer, which fantastic. Love him. Love him so much. He's great. Um, Big fan. Immediately wants a mistrial on the grounds of jury tampering. And then we cut over to Joey Masspad literally changing uh, the jury. Uh-huh, like digging in the circuitry and all their head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, pretty. it seems pretty cut and dry. Yep. And uh, so they bring Bender out to the stand. I do want to point out, though, that the judge <laughs> defers to the Donbot who rejects the notion of a mistrial. Yes. So we're, we're playing with a little bit of a stacked deck. A little, you know little bit. So Bender comes out. Those dice are loaded and if you catch my drift. They lower this, uh, like, giant pane of glass that is acting as a lens so his face gets all distorted and it doesn't though it gets kind of distorted it mostly enlarges he's like okay my identity is is protected and but the uh bella is immediately like bender i've been looking all over for you it's you 
And and she's like, which cake do you like? I liked the one on the right because it had little Bender and Bella wedding cake toppers mm-hmm. that were very adorable. And I would have gone with that one. I imagine. But here, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Those cake toppers can go on any cake. This is this is the thing. But it's about the details, no, Mike. I, it's, it's the person sure. who made that cake is all about the details, and that's what I want in my robot wedding. All I'm saying is, he, he, well, fair. I I do look forward to your robot wedding, but um, in my human wedding, um, which unfortunately was not robot, as we've d- determined, um, that you know of. Oh, don't do that to me. <laughs> I will. It's. Oh, God. This is a, I'm holding a gun at both my wife and a robot wife, but I don't know which is which, and I have to shoot one of them. I don't know who. Uh-huh. Um, where well, I don't even know where I was. Uh, so when you're actually buying a cake for a wedding, the topper can go on any cake, and most of the question is, does this taste good? Does this have the taste I want? That At least that is my experience of buying a cake for a wedding. And then I didn't eat much of that cake. I mean, yes, taste is obviously important. But what I'm saying is, okay. is that you put that topper on the cake and that that baker is more like they are more prepared. Also, the baker baked two entire. Uh, there are two different bakers who baked entire wedding cakes. I uh, yeah, that I'm going to say it doesn't matter at that point. Use one of them. Eat that other one. Go true. to town on it. I, I do think that uh, when I was planning with with my wife, obviously our, our wedding, my favorite parts were where I got to eat cake or otherwise they would make you they'd bring out little things of cake with the different uh flavors and it's like ooh, this is a nice lemon ooh, that's a good raspberry and then for the catering they just give you a uh, little portions of a meal it's great i think it's fantastic favorite type of cake go i mean i do like a lemon cake i i generally am a pie person i will say that i do like lemon very much it's very good i think i might have to go with lemon cake okay i make sarah a lemon cake for her birthday every year um, which is cool. My favorite cake, I know, is a little is a contentious pick. Actually, hold on, I, w- I have a late breaking contender: the rum cake that I made this year. That was very good. I ate a lot of it. My too much of it, probably. My contentious pick is carrot cake. I know it's not popular. It's good, but it's very good. It is quite good. I agree. Um, I have had it without nuts, and it is a little weird. My big thing is a lot of people put raisins in it, and I'm like, you don't. Why would you put raisins? Like it's not so, doesn't kill it. Sure. But I'm like, this is not really the place for it. I think a lot. Okay, so there's a there's a major anti raisin brigade. I'll call them the A A A R B the R the A R B. Okay. They are pretty anti raisins. Yes. It's in the name. I disagree. Some people really dislike oatmeal raisin cookies, which I understand. No, no I love oatmeal raisin cookies. I'm talking about the A R B. No, I get it. Um, I think most of the anger there is less about the cookie themselves. It's more about the situation. Oh no! Put you on gotta, the cookies. You gotta. You have to segregate them you gotta from the chocolate label chip. Very, very diligently. Agreed. I absolutely agree. Because as someone who actually prefers the oatmeal raisin, um, and now I'm allergic to chocolate, anyways. So it's you know, but like. But not, I mean, there's even, no chocolate even in being, that oatmeal even raisin. being on the other side, I want that labeled. I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, oatmeal raisin cookie, and then be like, oh, it's chocolate chip. Right. Just like the chocolate chip people don't want to be like, oh, it's raisins. Right. It's, 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 it's got a label. Yeah. You Neither of you get what you want. You switch, and boom. Where were we? Oh, yeah. The weird lens. How did we get on cakes from, oh, yeah, because of the cakes. Because <laughs> she asks about How cakes. How did we get on cakes? Um, oh, yes, the cakes that we were talking So, Bender... 
um, is also there's a we could get a quick side note where Bender is also on trial for uh, something that he calls <laughs> vertical arson arsony. It's 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 it, that is a uh, a con a trademark of Rodriguez Crime Concepts in, Incorporated. I love the concept of burgle arson arsony. It's very good. It's and a fun fantastic. thing to say. Um, and so, uh, but yes, yeah, so there's this big lens that only vaguely distorts his face. Yeah. And then they flip it around so his face looks kind of just like a tiny little gray sliver. Yeah. It's a lot more effective. It is much more effective. However, they've already shown the other one. Not to mention that at the end of the trial, when that lifts up, they're like, they don't lower him back down. Yeah. Fry, he even holds up a picture of Fry, like a <laughs> drawing of Fry, not even like a photo, but like a drawing to be like, oh, no, it was Fry the whole time. Yeah. Um, that that all to say that the uh, the Donbot originally is giving a guilty plea um, by the uh, the uh, jury uh, led by Hedonism Bot, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Calculon comes in in a shocking almost soap opera-esque timing to say it wasn't the Donbot, it was me who did that stuff. Uh-huh, because he's a clumsy, dumb actor who, uh, I don't remember the whole thing, it's yeah. a very Joey Mousepad sort of thing. And he definitely sounds like he's lapsing into Joey's accent, so Calculon's a pretty good actor. <laughs> also, I'm just going to throw that this out here, I'm supposed to be judged by a, a jury of my peers, Hedonism Bot way up above me he's not oh, yeah. my peer not, i can never ascend to no. that level yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, oh my. so back at planet express uh bender is being put into witness protection and um he's like i have to live forever and hiding somewhere and the fbi guy's like no just until the robot mafia finds you and kills you they're good at that <laughs> i i do love at the end of the uh court uh scene the don buzz like bella if you want to marry him, you should get a black dress for the wedding. And Bella's like, that would look pretty hot. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Uh, so yeah, back at Planet Express, uh, that whole thing yeah. happens. They're Bender... gonna get, they give him a new identity, a new place to live, and an iPod. That nah, detective doesn't really want it anymore. Bender says his goodbyes, and he's he points out that like he's like, hey, professor, I just wanted you to know, I never work, I never did any work here. <laughs> good and, goodbye. And then to Zoidberg, he's like. You may feel that I don't like you, and then just moves on to the next person. <laughs> it's a very good. I do love like that like d- dangling expectation joke. I do love it. It's a very good joke. Bender says his goodbyes um, and takes off in this FBI ship. The professor's immediately like, "All right, let's go hire somebody better." We have so many more notes. Oh my god, we've got like fifteen minutes to snap we, we all keep, these things. We in. keep tangenting out. So, um, back to the Futurama, tangent o'clock. Okay, go ahead. Um, so yeah, they put up a sign now hiring anyone will do. Uh, Donbot tells Clamps to apply for the job and cozy up to Fry to get information on where Bender is. Clamps shows up for the job interview. There's a whole bunch of robots there, like Isaac is there. Uh-huh. Um, a bunch of other robots. Yeah, Isaac is the any. only one that I specifically remember. Isaac's the only one that I was like, oh, yeah, there he is. And so... He needs a job. He's not on the Titanic anymore. Hermes goes to get some forms, and then when he comes back, there's a giant pile of robot parts, and the uh, Clamps, who who is... He, it's not going by Clamps at this point. He's like, his name's Francis. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, they all just kind of broke. Anyways, when do I start? 
I mean, that's how it works. Um, Hermes introduces Francis to the rest of the crew. Um, Francis is uh, can clamp and can do the occasional snipping. Professor's like, Zoidberg, you might be out of a job. When Francis is given the opportunity to snip, snip an umbilical cord of a baby, which... I have questions. <laughs> is a buckwild concept. Zoidberg rushes over to do it and is like, stay off my turf. I love the Zoidberg clamps turf war over it is, snipping. It is very good. It's It leads to one of my favorite uh, scenes in the entire thing, which is literally the last scene. Fry is like, hey, you kind of remind me of uh, the, the guy you replaced. And um, you want to go play? And so <laughs> we get a weird robot arms apartment montage mm-hmm. where, because again, Futurama loves those montages. I mean, there's a lot of them. They tell a lot of information and very it's true. Or make a lot and of And you've only got 24 minutes. We should re- really just montage this podcast. Oh, I'm sure you've pulled some editing magic at this point. It's just going to be... Uh, uh, we say a thing and then it cuts to audio with no description of what's happening sure. because there's never description or dialogue. Uh-huh. And then there's grades. And then it's like, thanks for listening and we will see you next time. So we get a montage. They play Jenga and Clamps uh, knocks over all of the things on purpose. He's and just Fry's not like, having yeah! any he of it. Throws his arms up, it's like he won. There's uh, he's making a clay bender, and then clamps clamps the face, and Fry's like, "Yay!" <laughs> Fry's just happy. To, Fry's just happy to have somebody somebody in his life again. There's a a uh, pipeline of Colonel Mustard gas. In Planet Express, for some reason. And I just love that it's called Colonel Mustard Gas. Oh, it's gas. very good, yes. Um, and so uh, Fry accidentally breaks that and clamps clamps it off. And then, um, so, you know, they're very clearly becoming fast friends. <laughs> they certainly haven't killed each other yet. Um, at the end of the day, Francis is kind of like grumbling to himself and putting his things away in his locker. And Zoidberg's like, I, I just wanted to come over to, to apologize uh snipping is the only reason they keep me around and he calls the clamps uh clamps his clamps magnificent squeezers mm-hmm. and that's when francis kind of uh loses it this i think this is the first time that there's bleeped out profanity and yeah because uh francis starts threatening zoidberg like more than his, just threatening <laughs> like straight up attacking him yeah. and is like you mother beep 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 like it's just it's yeah there's a lot of beeping a lot of beeping He's holding Zoidberg at the throat against the lockers. Mm-hmm. It's very, very aggressive for Futurama. And at that point, the professor comes in and uh, Francis manages to hide the fact that he was doing any of this. Mm-hmm. And they've got a delivery. It's the first delivery for Francis. They're going to the moon. It feels like anytime they get somebody new, they have to go to the moon. You got to start small. It's true. Uh, this time going to the moon, they go to Aldrin's Gulch and the town jail there where they are delivering 200 feet of rope to Sheriff Furley, where he's going to start cutting nooses out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's he's got to hang a, like, eight-headed alien, I think. It's a lot of heads. A, it is also a very dark joke. It is, but it's a good setup for the fact that uh, Leela has Francis cut all of the rope with his little clamps. Uh, Leela's like, hey, Francis, you did a nice job. I like the fact you didn't get drunk or steal anyone's organs, like our old robot. And they also happen to see drive by in a wagon um, uh, uh, 
robot who appears to be Bender in disguise as a country hick. Uh, the wagon is being pulled by the Crushinator. Of course it is. So when Fry rushes over to say hi, uh, the robot rushes out of town very quickly. Uh, after a little bit, the crew is like, we should go check on him because, you know, it turns out they put him on the moon. And so they go and <laughs> he knocks on the door and um, uh, the the farmer from like the second episode yeah. uh, is there and he's like, I don't know, no bender. But, you know, you can talk to my son-in-law, Billy, and he comes out and he says that his name is Billy West. Fry calls that a (laughs) stupid, phony, made-up name, which is possibly (laughs) one of my favorite jokes of the episode. It's so meta, and I love it. For those that are, may not be as, I don't know if, (laughs) I don't know how to describe this, but if you don't watch Futurama or you're not well acquainted with the voice acting cast, Fry is literally voiced by a man named Billy West. The man himself, Billy West. I apologize. I just wanted the man himself, Billy West. He also does the M&Ms and stuff. One of the red M&M, I believe. Uh, I think. Yes. And he was the voice of Doug. He was also the voice of the honeycomb bee or not the honeycomb bee, the the bee. No, the honeycomb bee. Honey bunches of oats bee, which is the, the cartoon bee for the cereal. He was the cartoon bee for cereal. I think that's a legitimate thing. I'm pretty sure he did that. So, I, no, that's fine. I just, I, Honey Nut Cheerios. That's the is, one. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Laura. See, if we didn't have Laura here <laughs> once a month, we would not know what we're doing. Uh-huh. So, so the other three times, we don't really know what we're doing. It's true. So, um. I mean, did you listen to last week? They, we don't know what we're doing. We have seven minutes. <laughs> it's a good thing we don't do, like, actual live shows at, like, podcast conventions, because, like, they have a timer and they have to hit that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are like, um, cool. We've got seven minutes. Here's 14 (laughs) minutes of me talking about Claude's crib. Anyways, (laughs) um, uh, Billy says Bender isn't one of the eight people he ever met. Um, but they, they kind of invite him, invite everybody to dinner because it's late. Um, and so they join, uh, Billy introduces his beautiful wife, the Crushinator. Uh, Fry gets mashed, mashed chicken. Uh-huh. It does not look appetizing. Which is basically chicken that is actively mashed by the Crushinator at the table. But you know it's fresh. It's very fresh. And uh, Leela has a plan where she's like, oops, I bent my fork. Hey, Billy, could you could you bend this fork back into the right shape? And he's like, bend it. I can't even lift it. <laughs> I do love that that line. It's very good. Um, so he won't drop the act, um, and Fry's like, he must be happier in his new life. The professor refuses to believe that anyone is happy. I get it. So he takes a look at Bender's hard drive, and it looks like every single trace of Bender has been removed from this. He is no longer Bender. He is has just no, Billy. Has no old memories, um, and everybody leaves. Uh, as Fry is leaving, he's like, do you, do you want to kill all humans? And Billy's like, kill him. I love humans. I love all humans. And that's when we know it's not Bender in there anymore. And so, uh, but Clamps stays behind mm-hmm. and uh, uh, follows Billy into a saloon mm-hmm. and um, is like, all right, you may have everyone else fooled, but I know you're you. So let's go outside. They go outside and... Uh, Clamps goes to 
attack him. Mm-hmm. But then Zoidberg shows up. <laughs> Drop the robot. And they have a great... Uh, it's very good. A great... Like Wild West standoff. Yeah. Where they also get thrown into water troughs and get... Or, uh, uh, clamps get thrown into a hardware store and gets covered in clamps and Zoidberg gets thrown into a water trough and covered with lobsters. I love that very much. And also at the beginning while they're like uh, sort of prepping for this, a bird flies by and clamps clamps it and then another bird flies by and <laughs> Zoidberg grabs it and then he also eats it. Sure. I mean, there's a lot going on in this scene. You gotta get some good protein But then they have a a really cool fight scene. It's It's a good scene. It's a good good fight scene. I think they did a really good job at, like, blocking it out. And so it looks like it's over. Clamps has Zoidberg's head in his clamps. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like, visceral. His head is starting to, like, crack. Yeah. However... And he's like, looks like an all-you-can-kill lobster fest. And Zoidberg's like, that offer was for a limited time only. He raises his head fin and gets the strength <laughs> to overpower Francis and cut off his clamps. Um, and then the Donbot's daughter shows up and is like, Bender, you betrayed me. And like, shoots. I, I put off my singing career for you. And shoots Billy. And then he dies. He's like super dead. Yeah. The Donbot shows up and collects Bella and Francis into his limo. And the job is over. And is also like, let's go have some meatballs. Mm -hmm. Bender was a hell of a squealer. So back on planet Earth, they are across the street from Planet Express at Authentic Earth Pizza. At Family Bros, yeah. And uh, they are, Fry is giving a toast. He's like, I think it was a wise man who once said, Bender was a great squealer. Maybe the best there ever was. (laughs) I mean, the best way to do it is literally have the Donbot's last words be Fry's toast. It's very good. I love it very I much. I want to... No, I'm not going to set that precedent. I was going to say I want to be remembered by the words of the guy who kills me. That's not a precedent I no. want to set. No, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't suggest it. Um. So, yeah, Fry is giving this toast and then a robot who looks very much like Bender in a very bad... Uh, a te- like stereotypical Italian yeah. pizzeria disguise comes up with a big old mustache. And um, it turns out that was actually Bender. Yeah. Uh, it also He also says the pizza will be delivered soon, um, which is a very good gag because a delivery boy comes uh-huh. in and delivers a pizza. So they realize uh, that this is, this is actually Bender and the moon farmer was not Bender and now he's dead. Uh-huh. It's a sad moment. <laughs> Yeah, but they're all like, yay, the moon hillbilly who got murdered was just an innocent husband and father. <laughs> and then they take a beat and then they cheers because that means Bender's yeah. alive. Um, now that Bender's presumed dead, he can come back to Planet Express. And at that point, the pizza gets delivered and then Bender's like, allow me to cut it. And he pulls out a pizza cutter. Zoidberg threatens to gut him like a fish if he does and then goes it goes and cuts it him it with his own claw and makes eye contact with everyone at the table and he's like uh, i believe he before he makes that very awkward and uh intimidating eye contact he's also like i'm john bleeping zoidberg <laughs> yes. like don't mess with zoidberg yeah. and his his cutting ability he has one task and he will fight to defend it and that means that it is time for grades. So I, I kind of like this episode. It's got some funny bits. There are some, I, I think that once it gets to the, uh, past the court 
thing when you kind of get into that kind of is this bender is this not bender there's a lot more jokes that that land there for me okay like in the 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 wedding and in the stables it's fine and in the court it's not bad but then once you get into the kind of ridiculous francis zoidberg in the new kind of weird environment i really like that a lot but that's kind of only half the episode so it's kind of like weird to say that it's good but it it, it is an enjoyable episode to watch i think um i, I really I, like I, I i'm a zoidberg stan i love zoidberg so the fact that he gets to be kind of uh, a almost not really main character but have some um, he gets to be cool for once. He gets to be cool for once, which is really rad. Um, that being said, I I think it's a I think it is a pretty good episode, even with the the front half of it not being as good as the second half. I, I in my opinion, um, mm-hmm. I do think it's very enjoyable. I would give it a B minus. Okay, um, I'm pretty much on the same page with you. Um, so go, we're in the the section of Futurama now, where I haven't seen anywhere as often as I've seen right. um, all the previous Futurama. So going into this, I was like, I don't even did did I even watch this episode? Like I didn't remember it until Bender until they find like Billy right. on the moon, and I'm like, oh no, okay, I've definitely seen this. Um, but it took that long, which I think sort of, I think sort of speaks to your point of like that's when it gets good. Yeah, I think it's a pretty long setup to a joke that does eventually pay off, but it takes a while to get there. Um, I think a lot of the jokes are really fun in this episode. Um, you know, everything from the super meta, like, uh, nope, my name's Billy West. And yeah. That, Fry I- laughing at it and all the way down to, uh, you know, just weird, stupid jokes about like clamps falling into a hardware store and getting covered with clamps. I do love that visual like, gag very much. There's all sorts of different levels of humor and I think it, it really does pay off. Sure. Um, I just want to get it. I just want to get to it a little faster and the the whole like oh well none of this really even mattered because it was actually some random guy yeah. who got killed it's a little you know the ending's a little uh unsavory I guess sure um yeah I could believe yeah I, I see your, your point there yeah but I'm gonna agree I'm gonna say b minus mm-hmm. uh it's a, overall a pretty enjoyable episode I, w- I will say there are definitely in some of the best episodes there are still unsavory things that happen. Oh sure, uh, about innocent people or robots dying or being maimed or something like that. So, so that 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 all being said, I don't think that's an invalid critique. It's just one that in- ends up being uh, referenced when it comes to Futurama a decent amount. Yep. So we want to know what you think about this episode, the one we actually watched this time. Uh, how great my opening joke was and uh, just kind of lavish me with that that glory of of spending a week uh, and really perfecting the joke. We want to know what you think about meatballs and how great they are. We're just I don't know what it is about this podcast, but we get fixated on food sometimes. It's because we record right before we go eat. And but I'm. We did I'm not a eat Taco man. Bell the day we we talked about Taco Bell. Oh, but I was think I was thinking about Taco Bell. I've been thinking about Taco Bell for a week, my dude. You were thinking outside the bun. Uh, we want to know what things you need clamped in your life. Remember to send us that audio clip that I'm going to play for some reason. I- <laughs> uh, you can do all this and more by 
uh, emailing us at back to the futurama podcast at gmail.com you can tweet at us at back to futurama you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash back to futurama we are on spotify and apple Podcasts, so find us there review us rate us subscribe and, send and clamp fr- and and clamp don't forget to clamp very important to clamp um and send to your friends because this one actually we we did it we did an episode we that did isn't it fudged up we nailed it and hopefully who knows it could still get fudged up until now and don't forget we're on patreon this episode was live streamed to five dollar and up patrons and i think they enjoyed it and maybe um, who knows i sent pictures of cats during the recording it oh, was yeah. pretty great um and speaking of patreon that is at patreon.com slash back to futurama we have a new pledge this week um from alex yates and also uh super fan laura uh who listened to this episode live upped her donation for a uh one-time panucci's pizza level donation she's the first she's therefore the best (laughs) uh we we want to thank everybody that that gives us money via patreon but uh, we want to thank everybody for coming to the end of this one, um, as we always do, because we love you very much, uh, regardless of you know whether you contribute or you can't or whatever. We thank you for downloading, thank you for listening, and thank you for really we we go on some weird tangents. So thanks for coming with us on these. Yeah, it was a weird one, um, but now we're gonna go eat some meatballs. We sure are. Oh yeah. Oh meatball. And. Uh, what was that? What did I do there? I don't know. I'm probably going to cut that from the episode. <laughs> that's No, that's a good decision. Uh, and until next time, I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Goodbye, Goodbye from, from the world, world of tomorrow. tomorrow.